Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. People have a complex relationship with comparison. Oftentimes we get mad at ourselves for comparing ourselves to somebody else, or we beat up on ourselves because we're not stacking up or living up to what we see someone else is accomplishing, or we try to evolve beyond comparing. And then if, and when that fails, we get mad at ourselves for not being able to succeed at that. And so in all of these different levels, we are just using comparison against ourselves And it's so unhelpful. It does nothing for us. It does nothing for us to try to evolve beyond comparing when if we aren't able to succeed, we just compare ourselves to this idealized version of who we think we should be. That's another form of comparison, y'all. You, in your attempt to stop comparison, might be comparing yourself to this idyllic version that isn't yet there. So instead of comparing in such a way that it is self-destructive, Let's use comparison to help us out because if it's going to stick around for a little bit, and it probably will because it is the way that our brain learned to operate in this world, then let's find a way to use comparison to differentiate ourselves from the pack, to allow ourselves to stand out in our careers or with our businesses for our clients. That's what today's episode is all about. And bottom line, comparison often shows us what it is that we really want and who we believe we really are. So when we analyze comparison and we use it for us, we really get clear on our own thoughts and our own desires. And this helps us to use it in a way to lift us up instead of tear us down. And that's really the point today is to leave with you knowing how to use comparison to not make you feel like a fraud, but to truly be you and to use comparison to help you get there. In order to do this, we're going to talk about what comparison is. I'm going to walk you through some different ways we tend to compare, and then I'm going to share some real-life examples. These are our work wins that I often do at the beginning of the episode. Today, we're going to weave them into the episode because they're both related to comparison and how to help yourself get beyond unhealthy comparison. One of these examples will use the career setting and another will use an entrepreneurial setting. So regardless of if your work is in a corporate field or is your own business, today's episode will help and there'll be real life examples to show you how. And included in today's episode as a special treat is an overview of the steps that we cover today so that you can easily access them at any time. Simply click the link in the show notes to get this free summary guide of the steps from today's episode. Let's get started. Unhealthy comparison is a projection of what we think we should be, but we don't yet believe we are. And this is the type of comparison we want to eradicate. It's not like we hit a switch and our brain no longer compares because then we would never get anything done. Comparison is really looking at 
one thing in relation to another. And if you remove that ability to analyze, it's a lot harder to make decisions even about what to eat for breakfast. So having this ability to compare is not the problem. It's this unhealthy comparison where it becomes this way to bring ourselves down or to bring others down where it really becomes a problem. And that's what we want to remove. And so there's three ways we do this unhealthy comparison. The first way is we bring ourselves down. This is when we look at how we compare to another and we think it means something's wrong with us and we use it to beat down on ourselves. And this really makes us feel like a fraud because it's telling us that we are not enough, that we are not where we think we should be yet. The second way we use comparison unhealthily is we try to become the person we're comparing to. We say, I'm not there yet. I should be there. And so how can I become them? And this also makes us feel like a fraud because even if we become successful, we've done it by becoming somebody else. And it's not that we don't evolve and change in our life. We do. We are often becoming somebody else. But when we're doing it in this unhealthy way, it's becoming somebody else because we don't think who we actually are and want to be is good enough or that is an actual representation of us. So we try to be the, uh, the guru that we're watching as opposed to being our own version of that. We don't want to be the next insert person that you idolize here. We want to be our version. Maybe it's a similar success or the same type of success but done our way. And so that's really the goal of today, not to become a fraud in our quest to become further along whatever path we're trying to get down, but to embrace ourselves, to be genuine with ourselves along the way. And the third way people use comparison against themselves and others is instead of saying that they're wrong, they bring down the person that they're comparing themselves to. And so this often looks like you see somebody out there that's successful and you nitpick. You find all the things you believe they did wrong and you just stay in that place of complaining because by bringing them down, you feel a little better about yourself because you've taken them off the pedestal that you actually put them on. And it makes you feel better, but from a place of, not that you actually are owning who you are any better. You've just dethroned them. And so it doesn't change how you feel about yourself. It just changes how you maybe are feeling about them. And so what we want to do is help ourselves to feel better about ourselves without it requiring us tearing another down. And in fact, tearing another down it maybe creates a sense of feeling better about ourselves because we don't feel as far behind because we've just lowered them on our own pedestal, on, the, on our own scale. We've, we've knocked them down and now they're closer to where we believe we are. That doesn't make us feel good about ourselves, really. It just makes us feel like they're not as good as we thought they were. And so in comparison to them, we feel better. But in terms of how we see ourselves in general, we're still in the same spot. That hasn't changed. And so it's this artificial sense of feeling better. It's not truly feeling better because we haven't gotten rid of the feeling that we're not okay yet. That's what we want to help us do. And that's truly how to use comparison for us is to help it to differentiate us. 
Often where people go wrong with comparison is they see how comparison has been detrimental to them. They see how it makes them feel bad or how it just leaves this icky taste in their mouth because it makes them uh, really gossipy about somebody else or they feel like they lose themselves because they get too swept up in this idol. And so they see how the way they've been using comparison isn't helpful. And so they make that mean, I should just stop comparing altogether. But then you don't just miss out on the bad of comparison, which is what you're after. You also miss out on the good because comparison is a tool of differentiation. When we use comparison for us, this tool of differentiation becomes helpful. It becomes a way to identify our unique edge, to see how we are set apart, to understand who we are and what we bring uniquely different, specifically other than what others have brought to the field. It allows us to see the crack, the crevice that we alone can fill. It's a way for us to be in touch with ourselves and have self-pride and self-worth and value because we are saying, oh, This is what I can do. This is how I can help. This is the way I can contribute. So it allows comparison to differentiate and thus lift us up as opposed to tear us down. As opposed to making us feel fraudulent, it actually helps us connect to who we are. This is the beauty of comparison. I'm going to share with you now the steps to help you with your comparison. Now, the goal of these steps is not to get you to stop comparing. It's to get you to stop comparing in an unhealthy way. And so these steps will work whether you're comparing healthy or unhealthily, because what they'll do is they'll help you to capitalize on making your comparison healthy and helpful for you and to eliminate the components that are unhealthy about it. This way, you're using comparison to lift you up. Step one. You need to know when you're comparing. This means you got to know your signs. I'm going to give you some clues here as to what comparison can tend to look like so that you can notice when you're in that mode. Comparison is a hierarchy. It means that you're seeing a difference between you and another. So any language you hear you say out loud or in your own head is a clue that there is a comparison happening. It also sounds like you're looking for somebody to be right and somebody to be wrong. It also looks like a pedestal. And if it's unhealthy, that pedestal is you trying to drag the other person down or you dragging yourself down because you're not comparing and you're not living up to who they are. And so that's when it's unhealthy in those cases. It also could be unhealthy comparison if it feels like crap. You feel really insecure because you feel small, or you feel irate because you're trying to bring them down, or maybe you feel a little bit of each. If it's healthy comparison, it won't probably feel like crap. It'll feel more like discernment, where you're noticing how you're different than another. It might even feel good because you might be using it in a way that lifts your spirit as opposed to pulls it down. And so sometimes comparison can feel good. What you want to do is start to notice the signs for you of how comparison tends to feel and the phrases that you tend to notice, and that will help you to catch it when you're in the middle of comparison. Now that you've caught yourself comparing, 
This isn't like a bad thing. It's just a thing that you were doing. You were comparing. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just what you were doing. How you were using that will determine whether it was helpful or not. And we already talked about the ways that are unhelpful when you're using it to bring yourself down, to bring somebody else down, or to try to become somebody you're not. That's not helpful. What we want to do next, now that we've identified the comparison, is we want to help ourselves use it in a helpful way. That's the next step, but there's really a lot of sub-steps within that that I'm going to break down for you now. So what you'll do is you'll ask, okay, what is it that's different about them? What we're doing here is we're magnifying the comparison. We're not trying to shut the comparison down. We're actually trying to beef it up so that we can see what it is that is the distinction in this comparison. So what is the other person doing that you're noticing? And how is it that they're doing it? And what's causing you to be feeling the way that you're feeling? Ask yourself those questions and you'll start to see some of the distinction more. We're magnifying the comparison. Next, ask what's different about you. So we've looked at them. Now let's look at you. How is it that you do what it is that you're doing or aren't doing what it is that you want to be doing? How are you doing it and what makes you unique about it? What makes you different than them? Again, magnifying the comparison here. Now we're doing it from your lens. What makes you different? What makes you stand apart? What's your differentiator? How are you unique to them? Don't just look at the negatives here because sometimes people use this as a tool to just say why they're wrong. No, I want you to say, how could it be that these are right? Which brings us to our next step. How do you feel about your differences? Are you making your way wrong? Are you making the way you tend to do the thing wrong and their way right? Or are you making their way wrong, meaning your way is the only right way? Do you feel ashamed of the way that you want to do it? Or do you feel irritated by the way they want to do it? We want to know how you feel because it helps us to understand the meaning that you're making of the comparison. Because if you say, okay, I notice I'm comparing myself to them. I notice this is what they're doing different. And I notice this is how I'm different than them. And that's amazing to me. I see my distinctions. I see what they're bringing. Yes. But I also am noticing what I bring. Here's what I want to keep doing. Here's what I want to do less of. Here's how what I'm doing is great already. Here's who I help from it. Here's why it sets me apart. Here's what I love about it. Then that comparison is fantastic. And you're using these questions to get clear on who you are and what you want and how you offer value. And so that's why knowing how you feel about the differences is so important. Do you feel like crap when you're in that comparison? As you look at those differences, the distinctions, the magnification that we just did on your comparison, do you feel worse about yourself? That is your clue that this is unhealthy comparison. That is your clue to shift the question. So our next step, we want to know what it is you really want. Why do you care so much about the way they're doing it? What is it that you feel that they have that you don't think that you have? What is it that's making you so attached to them in their way, so obsessive with them? This is true for unhealthy comparison especially. 
Unhealthy comparison often goes to this place of extremeness where we idolize somebody. We almost make them a god. We make them untouchable, invincible, and we obsess over wanting to be them and yet feeling like we never can be them because we've made them inhuman, basically. And so why do you care so much? What is it you're after? And at this point, with this step, you're getting beyond the specific person that you're comparing yourself to, and you're making the scope broader to try to really understand the theme overall of what you're wanting or what you believe you're lacking. This way, it's not about you versus them. It's about what you see you as and what you're wanting to be. So that's where these questions can really help. And now what we want to do is we want to get you now out of the complain mode and into the do mode because comparison can be helpful. And if you think about the steps we just went through, what you did is you helped yourself to see the differences that you're noticing between you and another, and you've broadened it now to see what it is you're actually after. And now it's time to do something about it. Because if you just stay stuck and thinking about what it is you're really after and seeing how you're not there yet, and then complaining about it, complaining about the fact that you haven't figured it out or pitying yourself for having not gotten there or complaining about how somebody else got lucky or complaining because you don't have the systems and support maybe that they had or getting upset because you don't like the way that they're doing it, but you just staying upset as opposed to doing something about it. You're just complaining and complaining is exhausting. The trick with complaining is it feels like you're doing something because you're being vocal about it, whether to yourself or to somebody else, you feel like you're actually making a difference. And I guess complaining in itself, depending on what it is you're doing, could be making a difference because you could be saying, world, this is not right. Here's what to do instead. But, but even in the example I just showed you, you're still coming up with something to do. Complaining in itself is just being miserable and it's just sitting in the misery of it. And so we do want to highlight what it is we don't like or what it is that we're after or what it is that feels wrong. But then if we just sit in that and we never take action, we exhaust ourselves in the spiral of the misery of the complaining. The thing is complaining is safe because there's no action. When we're simply complaining and that's the end of the story, We can like be sitting in our PJs, sipping cocoa on the couch, complaining about what's wrong with this world. And yet we haven't done anything about it. We don't get anywhere from it, but we feel like we've done something because we've spoken it. But if all we do is talk, 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 we never do, 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 do anything other than complain. Nothing's changed, folks. We're just stuck on that couch, sipping our cocoa, whining away. There are no actual impacts being made other than us swirling in the misery, the pity, the frustration that we've created from identifying what we see as wrong, knowing what it is we're after, and not doing anything about it. The truth is complaining is easy. It is so much easier to sit there than complain than to try to figure out a solution. Pointing out what's wrong 
is a lot easier than figuring out what you want to do about it. Because pointing out what's wrong, there's a sense of certainty to it because you know what you think. You think that's wrong. But you might not feel like you know what would be better. You might not feel like you know what is a path that could actually work. And so it requires this courage to take a stand that actually could end up flopping. Like you could fall on your face. You could say, that's not the way it should be done. It should be done this way. And then you go and do it and you were actually completely wrong. And the other way was better. And so when we just complain, we don't have to acknowledge the hardship of going out there and trying something and seeing how it works. So if you notice you're the one sitting there on that couch in your PJs drinking the cocoa or whatever it is, and I'm saying this because I'm literally picturing myself having done this in the past, it's that cue to say, okay, if I'm in this state of complaining, I clearly know there's something I'm not happy with. And if we know there's something we're unhappy with, we know there's something that could be better. And if we know there's something that could be better, we know there's something we're wanting. And if we know there's something we're wanting, then we can know there's something we could do to help ourselves get to what we want. That's how we help ourselves use comparison to get traction as well as to help ourselves identify with who we are as well as to do something, anything, to become in touch with our wants, our desires, and to differentiate ourselves from what's already out in this world. Okay, so we're going to stop complaining and we're going to start doing. And you might be wondering, well, wait a minute, what do I do? What is it that I do? I get that that I need to stop complaining here, but what am I supposed to do? And this gets back to the differentiation process. Earlier, I asked you what makes them different, what makes you different, and what is it that you're feeling about those differences and what is that you're wanting? Look back at those answers. Those are clues to what to do about it. Those will help you to understand because when you see your differentiation, how you're different than them, then ask yourself, how do I want to support myself? You want to know what to do to stop complaining? What could I do to support me? Or what could I do to support the people that I feel like aren't getting what they need? What is it that I could do to help? What is it that I could do to make a difference for me, for them, for the world at large? Notice what you come up with and then take action. Pick one and go. Embrace it. Who is it that you want to help? How do you want to help them? How do you want to help yourself? What would be supportive for you? Pick an action and go. This is you also letting go of needing to change the other person. So when it comes to taking action, the step isn't to say, this is what they're doing wrong. Now I'm going to go over to them and tell them how they're wrong. No, don't make this about the person you're comparing to. Remember, we've broadened it already. One of the steps that we went over was about expanding it beyond the individual to look at the theme. Don't make it about the person. Don't make your step be about one individual. That's so small. Let's not think so small in this life. Let's use our great, amazing life and power and prowess as an individual to get beyond a single person and instead think about how we can impact the world at large. And maybe it is about helping one person along the way, but it's not about making the person we compare to the villain. And this is the trick with healthy comparison. Healthy comparison is, this is my way, this is their way, 
This is what I don't like about their way. This is maybe what I think is wrong about their way. This is maybe what I even think is the negative impact of their way. So here's what I'm going to do instead. Here's how I'm going to respond. Here's what I think could be better. I'm going to go try it out now. It doesn't mean you have to go tear that other person down. It doesn't mean you have to go put more negative energy out there from a place of complaining to their face. No, be the symbol, be the change, do what you're after. Don't make your action be about tear down. Make it about lift up, lift you up, take off. Go for what it is that you're actually after. Think bigger. Don't make it about the individual. So often people are driven because they're trying to overcome some past trauma, whether it was a parent wound or a specific authority figure, a teacher that told them they couldn't do it, a relationship that went sour, um, a friend that betrayed them. They get these vendettas where they, they're living their life to try to prove that person wrong. But when we make the goal about that individual that we've compared ourselves to that we're now trying to make wrong, I'm going to be honest with you. It's so narrow. It's so small. It's that one person probably doesn't give a crap about you. And even if they do, you're making everything about them as opposed to about what you're after. The action to take has nothing to do with them and everything to do with you. Maybe they inspired it, but let's get beyond them now and let's think about who you are. Let's zoom out away from the specific of the person, of the place, of the thing that went wrong, of the trauma that occurred, and think grander in terms of who you are, what you want, what you're offering, because you have value right now, today, end of story. You have a unique edge. You have a standpoint that nobody else in this earth has had, ever, ever before. Bring it to this world. Let us hear it. Let us be shaped by it. Let us be influenced by your power, your beauty, your brilliance. If you're so stuck on the individual that you're comparing to, it stops you from really accessing that brilliance because you're making it about them and not about you. It's okay to make it about you. It's okay to say, here's what I believe. And it's okay to use it to come up with an action to change the world. We are in this life to have experiences. Those experiences can lift us up. They can bring us new insights and they can influence the world at large. So if you feel stuck, if you feel small, if you're comparing yourself, use these steps and then do something, anything, anything that gets you out of an us, them mentality and into here's what I want to bring. Anything that says, instead of focusing about what went wrong, I am going to now go ahead and make change. I'm going to make an impact so no one else has to experience what it is that I experienced. I'm going to do something. Whew, I'm getting like teary, teary-eyed about this. But honestly, you all, let's just invite ourselves to create a bigger vision for ourselves than the muck of the comparison. The comparison is our cue that something feels off. 
but it doesn't have to be where we stay. So is there anything that you're wanting that you aren't pursuing? Or is there something you're doing that you just don't love? And do you want to do, do it different? Do you want to make a change? This is your opportunity. This is your chance to stop complaining and to do something about it. And so I'm going to recap these steps real quick, and then we'll go into the examples that I mentioned. Step one, know when you're comparing. Then the step two, ask what makes them different. Step three, ask what makes you different. Step four, ask how you feel about your differences. Step five, ask what it is you're really wanting. This is that broadening step, getting beyond the comparison into the truth of what you're after. Step six, stop complaining and start doing. Okay, so now the first example. The first example is a career example. I was working with one of my clients and he just started a job and he was feeling pretty good about the job, except there was one colleague that he was not jiving with. Specifically, it felt like this colleague was always working late, was always questioning my client and asking him to, you know, did you double check that? Are you sure about this? And it felt like he was being undermined by this colleague. And so my client was getting really frustrated by it. And he started complaining in our sessions about all the things the colleague was doing wrong. And so notice here, this is that clue of comparison, right? He is tearing his colleague down. This is that clue of unhealthy comparison too, because instead of trying to do something about it or own who he was, my client was just trying to make the other person wrong so he could feel better about himself. This is such a fragile way to feel better about yourself. Anytime feeling better about yourself requires you make somebody else wrong, you're really creating a very breakable, very delicate sense of self because it's always based on somebody else. It's not even really about you then. And so it's a really fragile way to bring yourself up by bringing somebody else down. And it is a clue to unhealthy comparison. So we can see here, step one, identify the comparison. We've seen it. Okay, next step. We want the client to see how he is different than his colleague. And so I asked my client things like, what is it that your colleague's doing differently? And my client said, well, he's working really long hours and he acts as if he knows it all. Like he knows everything. And I said, now, what is it that's different about you, client? And my client goes, well, I want balance. I don't want to be lectured at all the time either. And so those are the things that I'm looking for. Great. And I asked my client, how do you feel about the differences? Well, my client felt pretty crappy about it. He felt like his colleague was a nuisance and always trying to one-up my client. And so he felt scarcity and competition and pretty bad about it. Okay, client, what is it that you want? Well, my client shared he wants, well, he'd want his colleague to stop undermining him. Okay, well, we can't control what somebody else can do. So let's broaden this. Let's make this not about the colleague. Let's make it about the greater theme of what you're after. Okay, so what what is it that my client was really after? Well, he shared with me, well, I don't want to have to work long hours. 
I want to be respected and I want to be seen for what I have to offer. Great. Now we know what it is he's after. So now it's time to stop complaining and start doing. And that's exactly what my client did. Part of this process was helping my client to see how he could use his current work setting to his own advantage to get what it is he wanted. And so through our coaching sessions, he started to see, you know what? This colleague that is always working long hours, that seems to know it all, that's always saying yes to all the projects and you know, wanting credit for it, it's actually helpful. Because when this colleague says yes to those things, it means I don't have to do them. It means I have work-life balance. It means he's going to get the stuff done. So in a way, my client got a little bit of gratitude for this colleague. He still didn't appreciate the tone that the colleague often had with him. And so what did my client do about it? Well, he set a boundary. He said, hey, you know what, colleague? I've got this handled. I don't need you to offer input right now. You are welcome to use your time to focus on your own things. I've got it. It's okay. And as he set those boundaries and as time went on, the colleague gained that trust. He saw, oh, I don't have to overstep. I don't have to overreach. It doesn't mean this will always happen, but in the case of this situation with my client, the colleague started to back down a bit because the colleague saw that my client had it and the colleague respected the boundaries that my client set because the boundaries weren't manipulative. They didn't make the colleague wrong. They didn't say, oh, colleague, you're always overstepping. How dare you do that? It feels so disrespectful. I can't believe you. You're a terrible person. No, they were very firm respected in the way that they were transmitted boundaries that allowed the colleague to feel respect from my client and thus return the favor. This is a win for my client because one, it allowed him to see how things were working out and build and balance in his own work. He'd been thinking that because his colleague had been saying yes to everything. It meant that my client had to say yes to everything in order to move ahead in that workplace. What he realized is he doesn't have to do it that way. He can do it his own way. He can have work-life balance. He can say no. And so just because his colleague said yes, didn't mean my client had to. My client could do things his own way. As a result, he had balance in his own work. He actually got promoted. He set those boundaries. He didn't make doing work have to be about trying to prove himself to another. Instead, he was able to make doing his work about him getting his work done without it being about how the colleague thought about it. He got his promotion. He got a raise. He's now at the managerial level and that colleague is off his back. And so these are the ways that following these steps can really help you in your own journey with comparison. The second example is an entrepreneur example. So I'm working with a client who recently started her own business in the nutrition space. And as a part of it, she's been going on social media to get inspired on some different ways to market and is also posting on social media herself to get the word out there. And as she's on social media, she often sees posts from competitors. And what she noticed was she was feeling really insecure about what the competitors' posts said because the competitors sounded so knowledgeable. And it 
was making her feel really inadequate. And like, what was even the point when there was already all these people out there who had so much knowledge on it that they were communicating with so much intellect that why would my client even bother pursuing her dream? And so we can see here, we've identified the comparison. In this case, the feeling really is a big clue, the insecurity. And the insecurity was a clue that she was comparing herself to another. And so in our session, I said, okay, is it is it all competitors or is there a specific competitor or couple competitors that are really, really getting at you, making you feel this way? And she goes, well, there's, there's specifically one and he's a guru. And so we can see here, she's idolized this person. So she's built this person up and at the same time, she's teared herself down by saying she can't compare. And so it's showing us the unhealthy comparison a little bit. And so now what we want to do is we want to say, okay, well, what is it that's different about this guru? And so I asked that to my client and she said, well, they're really scientific. The way they explain things talks about how the body itself processes nutrients and explains what it means to go into ketosis versus not. And he highlights all of the complexities of the human body and so that the uh, person receiving the product would really understand the way it works from that physiological level. And so I said to my client, okay, so that's how the, the guru, as you, as you call them, does it. What about you? How do you do it? What makes you different? And she said, well, I'm simple. I'm really direct. She said, I use layman's terms and I just tell it like it is. I don't get wrapped up in all the science. I just say, Hey, here's what's happened. Here's what you do. And then I give them really simple steps. Like, like a fourth grader could know what I'm talking about here. Like I sound so simple. And so now you see, we've looked at the differences and now it's about how you feel. And so I asked my client, how do you feel about those differences? And really for her, it boiled down to she felt like she was in the wrong because she wasn't as credible as this person because the other person was so scientific. She was making right mean sciency and wrong mean applied. What this shows us is the way this comparison was so detrimental to her ability to go on. And she wasn't using it to lift her up. She was using it to tear herself down. And so now... We want to get clear. What is it you're actually wanting then? And I asked her that and she said, I want to be taken seriously. I want to reach people. And through our coaching, we could see she wasn't taking herself seriously because she was meaning that this guru was the right way and hers was wrong. And so if she's not taking herself seriously, how could she expect anyone else to? And so we did some coaching on that and we helped her to see Her people are not going to be the people who want to know the complexities of the scientific process and what's happening in the human body at that molecular level. No, that's not her people. Those people, they'll want the guru. My client's people, though, they want somebody to tell it to them like it is, simple, straight to the point, action-oriented. They want to hear it in simple terms. They want to be told directly. They don't want to get caught up in the theory. They don't give a crap about the theory. They just want to see change. And so when my client came to terms with that, she realized it wasn't that the guru was better than my client. 
And it wasn't that my client was better than the guru. She didn't even have to try to bring the guru down to feel better about herself. She could actually see, oh, that's the guru's way. And those are the people the guru is helping. But here's my way. And here's the people I'm helping. She used it to differentiate herself from her competition. She used it to help herself see her brilliance, her light, what she has to offer. So she stopped complaining. She started doing something about it by embracing her style, speaking to her people, taking herself seriously by seeing what it is she offers and making that be her way. She didn't try to become someone she wasn't. She didn't bring somebody else down for how they were. She lifted herself up by embracing who she was and sharing it with the world so her people could find her. That's the win here. She now knows her edge. She now knows who she's reaching. Her comparing herself to the guru helped her to see it. But only when she got out of the muck of making herself feel wrong for it and of complaining about and pitying about it. Those parts sometimes are needed in the sense that they show us what's not working and they help us to see the comparison we're in, but we do need to get beyond that piece so that we can show up the way we want to so that we can do something. So I've given you two examples here, one in the career setting and one in the entrepreneur setting of how comparison can work for you. And what we see here is comparison when it's unhealthy is often just that projection of what we want or what we think we should be that we are not seen in ourselves yet and we make it wrong because of it. But when we use comparison for us, comparison becomes a healthy way for us to differentiate ourselves from others, whether it's in the workplace for us to see how we want to show up. And like in my workplace example, my client realized what he really wanted was balance and respect. And so he gave himself balance and respect. And instead of getting mad at his colleague for working late hours, he could actually be grateful that his colleague was doing that because his colleague seemed to want to do that and seemed to be down to do that and was okay with doing that. And so it worked out. We don't have to bring others down to lift ourselves up. We don't have to make others wrong to be right within ourselves. Whether we're entrepreneurs or career professionals, we can use comparison to differentiate, to become in touch with who we are, and to share that with the world. This helps us not be a fraud. I know we didn't use the word fraud much in this episode, but you can see how unhealthy comparison leads to that fraudulent complex because it disconnects us from us. So when we use these steps and get into healthy comparison, we're out of the fraud complex because we're tapped into who we are and what we want to bring. And maybe we see who we are and we feel like we're not where we want to be, but we see who we're becoming. It's not just about who we are, but also who we're becoming from a place of divine connection, of tapping in to our truth, which is why we're here in the first place. So thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. And if you want a worksheet overviewing the steps from today's episode, make sure you click the link in the notes. Remember to use comparison to lift you up, not tear you down. You can use the steps from today's episode to help you do so. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with salt.